Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to Yala Rocks. I'm your host, Tiffany. For the past several years, you all have been very clear that you are currently into the golden era. So this year, we've invited Badria to join us. She's kind of obsessed, and it's fantastic to see. We need people who really want to dive into these subjects and pull the knowledge out for us, and I cannot wait for you to get into some of that knowledge with us here. For the bundle this year, you'll get a workshop from Badria, Golden Era Evolution, that breaks down the stylistic trends of two decades of the Golden Era, the 30s and the 40s, each with their own unique combo. But I won't get into too much detail. Let's let Badria share. Hello, dancers, and welcome to Yala Rocks, the belly dance podcast that helps you design your personal practice. The amazing Badria is here with us today. Badria, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Hello, everyone. So since this is your first time on the podcast, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? You know, the standard, how did you get into belly dance question? (laughs) Thank you so much. Well, um, Right now, I'm in a state where I'm completely obsessed by golden era of belly dance, but my training is in classical belly dance and also Egyptian folkloric styles or character dances. But I started as a teenager. I was 18, 19. So this is kind of still teenager. And um, yeah, I started because I was loved at um, that I'm more like um um, like a man or uh, not like a girl. Oh my goodness. Uh, yes. Czech, Czech Republic is very stereotypical and very sexist. So um, the fact that I loved jazz music and rock music and uh, didn't wear skirts enough um, meant that I'm according to those people, uh, more like a man. But back then as a teenager, you know, you take it very seriously and personally. Mm-hmm. All these comments. So I actually found out a flyer that says classes of belly dance. And I thought, okay, now I will show to everyone that I'm a woman. <laughs> so it was pretty, uh, you know, now looking back, it's like, oh, so many stereotypical things. Uh, however, back then as a teenager, that was something what was happening in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, when I entered the class, I fell in love with, uh, with dance and I, I stayed <laughs> with it for 14 years right now. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I always, you, I think you can never underestimate the ability of a teenager to just spite everybody. Just like, mm-hmm. you're going to say this about me. Well, I'm going to prove you wrong. Exactly. <laughs> and like but, in the weirdest ways, like, you know, cause yeah. yes, belly dance is sometimes considered a more feminine dance, but like there's plenty of men who do this as well. And so yeah. it's like, I love I love teenage brains. <laughs> it's like, yes. I'm, this is how I'm going to do it. And now we, here we are years and years later and it's just your whole world or at least a yes. good part of it. Yeah, definitely. Um, belly dance has changed everything in my life. And I, I think this was the most uh, important thing happening in my life. Like, mm-hmm. of course, I, I love my daughter. I love my husband and they are extremely important. But the thing what completely changed upside down my life was definitely dance. Mm-hmm. That's... Um, the biggest influencer of my life. <laughs> That's amazing. So how then as you're getting into dance, right? You fall in love with it. You start doing the classical styles. You start doing the character dances. Where did you kind of discover the golden era and how did it become such a big part of what you do? Because I mean, you have a, you have the golden era museum. Like it's a, it's a whole thing. Yeah, and, and indeed. Well, it started very slowly. Uh, it was not the um, 
uh, love or for a first sight or how is it in English? Yes, that you fall in love right away. Mm, yes, um, love at first sight. Yes. Uh, so I saw some clips and I loved it. I like to watch uh, old clips of belly dancers. And at one point I realized that every, not every evening, but most of my evenings, I spent time watching golden era clips when I wanted to relax. And I realized like, oh, it seems that I love it. And I realized that I truly, <laughs> truly love it. It sneaks up on you. Yeah, <laughs> And, and and then I uh, just thought, what if I tried to dance it? And, uh, you know, there are not uh, many teachers of golden era belly dance, definitely not back nine, 10 years ago. Uh, so I started from the videos from time to time. I ask somebody for guidance, like, for example, uh, Valerik Molinari. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and then I practice and practice and it became a uh, love, actually, yeah. How did you find yourself breaking down these moves? Because I know this is something that I wish kind of everybody got taught was how to watch something and then attempt to replicate it. Because we we all do it, right? We watch YouTube videos of dancers. We watch golden era clips and we are like, okay, how are they doing that? But mm -hmm. it, there's there's like a wall between seeing it and being able to actually see where the weight placement is, how they're doing their hips. Where is it actually starting from? Like, do you have any tips around that for dancers who are kind of in this phase? Yes, I think um, it's a combination of three things, actually. So one thing is, if you are a teacher, uh, you already are uh, trained in cutting out the movement into smaller movements. So that's ability that's very helpful. So mm -hmm. if you're a teacher, so that's one thing you can recognize uh, that movement and how it's probably done. Second thing is that uh, with the training of belly dance evolution, I had to learn from videos. Uh, so they didn't explain the technique or anything. It was just here's the video, video and go. And I've been training with them for 10 years. So that was another uh, ability. So again, you don't have to sign up for belly dance evolution, although it's really great. And I uh, recommend that. Um, but watching videos and practicing and practicing is one thing. Being a teacher is second thing. But with the golden era clips, the thing is that the technique is uh, very different. Yes. And the difference is mostly in the posture. And to understand how the movement is done, one has to look everywhere, uh, of course, on the hips, on the arms, on the posture, and especially on the feet, mm. because the feet are so, so, so important. Sometimes they use high heels, so the heels are lifted. So, of course, the, uh, the center of the weight is shifted. Then just examining the posture will tell you a lot. So what helps me is to look at the big picture, not just to try to look at the hips, what they are doing and try it on your own uh, body, but first scan the whole posture, the whole movement as it is. And then looking into mirror and trying and trying and trying. And what helped uh, as well is to make videos of myself and then looking at the videos, because what I observe is a video. And if I look into a mirror, my perspective is already shifted because I look into the mirror so my head is already shifted and if mm. you look into the golden era clips they very uh, rarely look directly into the camera they're looking everywhere behind the shoulder down on the floor and this already changes uh, the look so external video helps as well 
That's, that is really interesting because that's what you're doing, right? You're watching a video and then trying to replicate it. So the best test of whether or not you're replicating it isn't actually watching yourself in a mirror. It's watching a video of you trying to replicate the video. Exactly. To see side by side, like how they compare. That's really yeah. fascinating. And I also, I love the tip about looking at the posture because this is something, right? We all just kind of, we get our posture and what works for us. And then we just assume that that's like where everybody is dancing from. Mm-hmm. When that's like, it's, it, it is an assumption that isn't true, and, but it changes so much of the dance. Exactly. Yes. It's a little detail, a little detail of uh, even the position of the hat, the, the look, the arm, just lifting up the, the elbows changes so much. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's amazing. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So since we're already talking technique and, and getting into all of these, one of the um, workshops that you do, and this is what's going to be in the bundle this year, at least part of it, is this golden era evolution, right? So you're yes. breaking down kind of what the stylistic changes, what the stylistic changes are from the 30s to the 40s to the 50s to the 60s, and teaching a little combo in each one that emulates kind of what was popular during that decade of the golden era. So mm-hmm. can you actually talk about some of these changes and like what they were between, cause I think a lot of us think the golden era and we don't actually change the uh, style based on the decade. We change the style based on the dancer. That's what we're thinking of. But even within there, there are changes within the decade. So I'd, I'd love to hear you kind of expand on this a little bit. Yes, it's it's pretty interesting because indeed, if we if you look into golden era, there is no universal dance style Mm -hmm. uh, because every dancer was different however for each time period we can see similarities between these uh, dancers that were popular back then and with these similarities we can kind of recreate this general golden era style of 30s 40s 50s 60s and and yeah and there are changes so if I can just refer to some uh, for example the usage of shimmy so we know like there is uh, shimmy, but what kind of shimmy was used? And if we look into 30s, 40s, we would rather see hip shimmy, uh, meaning that the knees are bent and you really go, um, the movement comes from the hips. And of course, ties are working, glutes are working. But uh, other types of shimmies like twist with the hips that came into classical belly dance around 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, more of three-quarter shimmy that also started to appear late 50s or, or although with some dancers you can of course see it a little bit earlier so we can see evolution uh, with the dance uh, dance movements also usage of turns so mm-hmm. we see that with the time the turns were used more and more uh, we can see differences in props for example bail was used during golden era, but much more in 50s and especially 60s. And not only in the fact that in that particular dance that veil was there, but within that choreography, it was used for longer time. So these are just um, just few, few of them. And of course, um, we can see differences in positions of arms. That's another thing, such a big difference, how, how they use the, the arms to frame their body movements. And do you even see these changes within like, say, you know, Taya Karaoke, like, do you see these changes happen within her style over the decades as well? Or is it more of like a general? 
some dancers uh, reflect these changes more. Some um, dancers reflect the changes a bit less. For mm -hmm. example, Tahia Karioka does reflect some of these changes, but not as much as, for example, Samia Gamal. Although Samia okay. Gamal, she still keeps her style, of course. Yes. But suddenly in the 60s, we can see her doing way more hip accents, different kinds of shimmies. Her arms are very much different. So for example, in 40s, Samia Gamal was very much lifting her shoulders up within her, mm -hmm. within, within her dance. This typical shoulders of her, you will not see in 60s. She really pulled her shoulders much down. But that's something that, that was also... Uh, on the on the evolution line of the of the belly dance although this specific shoulder uh difference is very much visible on Samia Gamal because she was very famous for the <laughs> for the shoulders yeah this is so fascinating yeah and I think it's it's really great because it shows how we always tell people right find your style figure out how you dance but how that changes over time so like yes Samia Gamal kept her style and she did her thing but even then you can see it shifting with the trends of what was popular and what was happening in the space at the same time. So she's not abandoning herself, but she is doing different things. Yeah, she's just adapting uh, the changes in her own style. And, and I find it fascinating because some dancers, for example, uh, Raka Youssef, uh, you can see that uh, in the 60s, uh, she went more of, um, of like... Um, I don't want to say copying, but uh, her dance resembles much more what, for example, Suharizaki was already doing back then. So mm -hmm. you can see that some dancers are trying to follow the trend much more, uh, while others are just being inspired what's happening in the rest of the community. This is fascinating. So for listeners who are at home, they're like, all right, I want to I wanna do more golden era in my practice. I want to have a little bit of this flair with what I'm doing. I want to, you know, I want to do me, but I want to add a little bit of this in just like we're talking about. What are a couple of things that you would suggest practicing or changing about your posture that kind of lends itself more to a golden era style as opposed to a classical, a classical style? Mm -hmm. uh, so I think just playing with the posture of the body can uh, give you a lot. So for example, if you, if you go to the classical belly dance posture and you try to push your pelvis a little bit more uh, front, just mm -hmm. that, and try to do the framing towards the pelvis to be uh, more forward, meaning that the arms are more uh, in the back or behind your body. Also, when they are up, they are also really pushed back behind the head uh, just playing with that try the same technique as you normally do but with this posture this mm -hmm. will completely change your uh, view on dance um, but what I think what's interesting on on uh, golden era belly dance is the way they actually danced they didn't hunt every movement I think that mm -hmm. uh, nowadays the modern choreographies are really beautiful beautifully done actually very difficult to 
to do uh, mm-hmm. some of the choreographies and the difficulties in the fact that every second there is a new movement uh, there is nearly no repetition mm-hmm. and honestly in life repetition is very in- important and that's even how we talk we sometimes repeat ourselves mm-hmm. and for the audience it's good they they are assured in in what they heard before and even Uh, the same you can apply in the dance so if we look at golden era belly dancers they didn't do one figure eight accent accent circle no they stayed in one element for longer time and with this element they explored the music so i think that might be the inspiration uh, from golden era to modern dance even Mm -hmm. though you don't want to directly change the posture just to explore the melody within one dance move that can give so much richness in your dance, I think. Yeah, because you can really, you know, we think of music a lot of times and we're like, oh, there are drums, you know, or there's an oud or there's a violin. But we, and we change the move based on what is happening or what part of the music we're listening to, just like you're saying. But taking that one figure eight and being like, how do I express the the tabla? How do I express the violin? How do I express the kanun? Like within that, you get so much texture in your dance like you get you get that that gooeyness like the extra I think that's the thing right when you look at golden era clips like that's what you're seeing you're seeing that that gooey they're really in it and they're playing with the music and like that is it is the one move doing so much within the space indeed and it it might be uh, one would say that the golden era belly dance was easy and it's easy to do. I, I'll tell you, it's not. It's not. No way. <laughs> it's, it's not. Um, their technique was incredible. The fact that they are not uh, using too many layering or um, just alternating the movements too fast doesn't mean that it's easy. They had incredible isolations. So just to see that the chest is truly not moving and the hips are doing all that work, that's really beautiful. That's amazing. Yeah. I, so, all right. So for people at home who are like, okay, tonight we're going to, we're going to try something different with our practice. We're going to change our posture, pelvis forward, arms a little bit farther behind to accentuate that new posture and then dance like you regularly would and see how that, see how that changes things. And then to put on a song and work with just one or two moves to kind of play with that. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Excellent. I would love I to see that actually. I know, right? It's like, okay, guys, I'm going to need you to film this and uh, post it on Instagram, share it with us. <laughs> we want to see, we want to see what this looks like. Um, so as people I'm sure can tell through this conversation, you, you're a nerd for golden era, like in the best way. I honestly, like when you were talking about like veils were more prevalent and they were in the pieces were longer where the veils were in like in the earlier decades I'm literally imagining you with like a spreadsheet like tracking the times like how long are I things- did that see I did yes that. yes <laughs> I had really I had cl- well not clock how is it well time uh yeah, stopwatch you know? yes stopwatch and I was uh, getting crazy because I was really measuring how long the dancer used a figure eight in that choreography and many elements, arabesque, sterns, uh, shimmies, accents, and really making ratios. And uh. I love it. This is this. You're my people. Yeah. <laughs> you are my people right now. So all of this 
you know, all plays into what you do with the Golden Era Museum. And so I really, before we leave today, I really want people to know more about the Golden Era Museum, what it is, how you've kind of curated this collection, and then how people can interact with it and see it. Um, because what you're doing is amazing, amazing work. Thank for you. Keeping all of this like together. And because it's just, there's just bits and pieces all over the internet. And yeah. we don't know how to find all this stuff. Yeah, uh, so uh, this uh, started as a as a little dream actually, and um, my my husband gave me uh, one of the articles uh, as a Christmas gift, and that was an old uh, lobby card with Samia Gamal. So lobby cards are cards that were um, exhibited uh, exhibited is the correct word uh, in cinemas when you went to the cinema, so you could see. Uh, the scenes from the movie already in the foyer. And one of these lobby cards from uh, 1954 was in my hands and I was just uh, incredibly happy. And I realized, oh, maybe there are more things like that. Huh, maybe I, I can collect them. And I just got into it so deeply that now <laughs> uh, my museum has more than I, I I don't know right now, like more than 400 items. Uh, there is another wow. bunch coming from Cairo soon. And um, yes, yeah, so I collect items from uh, 18th century until 1970s of um, uh, items that depict belly dancers or dancers mostly in Egypt. And, and yeah, and I'm trying to provide it online. So I don't have the belly dance museum, like you would come and pay entry fee and have one the day. Whole building <laughs> one day, one day, I, I have everything in my mind. And so I don't have that, although I host people to come over and I just show the exhibition as I have it in my dance room. But I'm trying to make an online version. So I'm trying to provide scans and photos of the items. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of work and I do it in yes. my free time. So I am not capable of doing it um, every day. So I'm trying at least a bit uh, work on it every week. And yeah, people can go to my website and just uh, go through the items. You can find descriptions of the items. You can find articles with some translations and um, enjoy the content. <laughs> yeah. You are doing invaluable work for digitizing like belly dance history. Like seriously, this, this is stuff that a lot of people, they just, they don't take the time to realize that this is something that needs to be digitized or it will fall apart or, you know, the heat will yep. blow out the photos because they're old prints, you know, it's like this is some, if we scan it in now, then we have it yep. and we can share it. And I think that you're doing amazing work. So thank you for spending some of your free time on this because it's invaluable. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm happy. It's uh, it's useful. And I, I, I really hope I will have more time to, to work on it and, and write articles. But I think you're going to yeah. need some interns. That's what it sounds like yes. to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If there are volunteers, I already have a team of uh, translators who are helping out with translation. So that's very nice. Fantastic. Well, Badra, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Can you tell people where, where can they find the museum? Where can they find you? How do they study with you? Tell them about your presence on the internet. <laughs> Thank you very much. So I have a website, badria.bellydance.com. 
And there you can find the museum and also information about me. I have Instagram page, uh, just search Patria Velidens. And of course, Facebook, I guess, uh, as well. And if you want to study with me, I have a few pre-recorded classes on Udance Online. You can find it all on my website. And especially, I would love to invite you for for my workshop because that will be truly special, uh, the workshop within Belidance Bundle. So yes, you can study with me there. If you want private classes, that's also possible. And if you want to support the Belidance Museum, I have Patreon page, so you can also help out there. That's fantastic. And we'll link all of that up in the show notes, everyone. So if you want to click on any of those, you don't know how to spell Badria, you're good to go. Don't worry. (laughs) Just go to the show page. There will be links to all the things. Um, So no matter when you're listening to this, you'll be able to check those out. Badria, I have one last question for you before I let you go today. Uh, We're trying to bring a positive spin to the pandemic here a little bit, as much as we can. And I've been asking everybody, what is the most positive experience you've had in dance through this past 18 months? Okay, I have several, actually. Yes. And I think they wouldn't uh, happen without pandemic. I, I, it's uh, Yes, pandemic was hard, definitely. But there was a bit of light and the light will shine forever. <laughs> and thanks to pandemic, I connected to many beautiful dancers and... I found new friends actually, and it was through online workshops and just chatting with people and getting to know them. And another important thing that happened during uh, Corona uh, Corona crisis in the in the in the dance world, in my dance world, that uh, we organized um, Golden Era Belly Dance Festival, and that was just unbelievably beautiful experience for me. I've heard so many good things about that festival. Yes. Oh, thank you. I, because I would never, ever say that I could feel love and warmth while sitting in front of screen and being connected with people from different parts of world who are just watching the same concert that was happening for the, for the Kanzaman and, and that people were crying from happiness. And even though I was alone at home, I felt it and it was just beautiful. So yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Magical. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to, to put that together. Cause I know online festivals are, it's a lot I of think work, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of work, but like being able, I, I agree with you being able to sense that connection through a screen is, is really phenomenal. And we've met so many people. So I'm glad that, that if, if nothing else, we got this right. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, Badra, thank you so much, everybody who's listening. Thank you for being here. If you are interested in the Golden Era Evolution workshops, they're part of this year's bundle. If you're listening far in the future and the bundle isn't isn't available anymore, you can check out Badria's site and see what she has because she'll still have all of her amazing Golden Era Museum stuff up. And I'm sure that she will have a workshop or two for you to take. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you have a great day. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. obsessed, right? But in the best way. 
After we hit stop on the recording, I mentioned to Badria that I bet her partner didn't expect that when he got her that first piece of her collection, that this is what would be the result. And I wish we had still been recording. Her next story was priceless. Apparently, she has a whole billboard that she had unfurled in the living room at one point. You'll have to ask her to share over on her Instagram. And if you're looking for those links so that you can check out the museum, follow Badria, and dive into this topic more, you can see all of them at thebellydancebundle.com slash 89. Research projects like this are treasures to the history of our dance, and I cannot express enough gratitude for Badria in doing this important work to add to the body of knowledge. So go check out the museum. I know you can't wait to dive in. Music